Hello and welcome to Sharp Tech. I'm Andrew Sharp and this is a free preview of today's episode. Figma emphasizes and doubles down on the incentive to take a wild launch, take on Adobe, which has been dominant in 20 years, Mm -hmm. completely eat their lunch. And yes, at the end of the day, you still end up with just Adobe, but you end up with this phenomenal new product that, that Adobe wouldn't have created themselves. That's, that's going to be available to, to, to everyone. And Adobe had to pay the price 10% of their market cap and more. Once you consider how much it's gone down, they took their pound of flesh. And now you have a whole host of people, whether they're people in Figma, whether you have the venture capitalists that backed it, that now have a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of incentive and a whole bunch of experience to go and do it again. And like the uh, one thing I worry about the this focus on banning acquisitions is you're messing with an incentive structure that has for 30 years continually like the pace of innovation and new features, even if it's not necessarily producing tons of public companies, although there are a lot mm-hmm. of them, to be fair, particularly in the enterprise space, you're messing with that. And if you get in a world where, no, the only the, you either have to go public or not like that's a i think that, that that that's a very dangerous world for long term innovation yeah i think that's equally dangerous to the the world where you either have to merge or face existential risks right but but no the reality is these big companies they suck at competing with small companies right like like adobe failed to compete with figma they they, they were stuck in a desktop paradigm like this happens all the time i think this idea the the the, the you know let money or lead i think that's overstated the lead rarely works like like the companies are good at competing with each other the like how often does a big company like how did facebook do building a snap alternative how are they doing building a TikTok alternative? How did Adobe do building a Figma alternative? We're going to get to the reels in a moment here. Yeah, I, I hear you, but imagine the potential competitor to Photoshop a couple years from now. What's the incentive to even try if Adobe con- controls the entire vertical stack for design and then it can preference its own apps. And they're going to have to be really careful about that because I'm sure the the scrutiny will continue yep. over the next four or five years if the merger goes through. No, no. It, it, to be clear, I, I'm, I'm arguing the other point. I think your point has a lot of validity. Another example here is the Microsoft ecosystem. Microsoft's lock-in and control because of what they pulled off with Teams. Teams is, if you squint, it's kind of like the Figma of Enterprise. It's it's the collaboration point where everything plugs into it. And what's the default in Teams? If you want to create a document, you use Word, mm-hmm. right? This is the way to the Word file format used to be lock-in. Now the lock-in is that Word is the default document creation in Teams, right? Except like, like and so you, 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 Microsoft sort of pulled out the same strategy. And there is a there is an extent to which because the desktop was open. That's why Adobe could thrive. Anyone could install an app. And once you were on the desk, you could do anything you wanted to. Now, Microsoft has like, oh, yeah, we have a platform. You can add this functionality to Teams. They have this really nice, small, defined box that you can fit into. And you'll never be allowed or able to build something that would actually threaten Microsoft itself. You can add value to Microsoft, but you can't threaten Microsoft. (laughs) Apple is the most extreme version of this with the iPhone and and the App Store. So all these are super valid pushback on your uh, on your part the question though you do have to think about what is actually the payoff for customers like like like, like to the extent 
I'm not saying that that the customer benefit standard or whatever it's called consumer uh, welfare benefit, yeah, consumer welfare, <laughs> yeah, yeah, consumer welfare. Between the two of us, we came up with it. That's not the end all be all, but I'm also don't think it's right to throw it in the trash can, like because there's a lot of consumer benefit, um, and maybe your long term concerns are true, but also in the long term there might be a new paradigm that completely upsets the apple cart it, all over it you. could be i mean adobe is going to be well positioned to to make the plateau or plomo offer to consumers over the next five or six years if you're trying to design something yep. which is what they've done which is what they did with yeah that was the shift of subscription that's exactly what yeah it was. so um we'll see how it evolves we'll continue to monitor this story on sharp tech i do not think we've heard the last of it um but let's keep it moving we have, we have a mailbag we have a mailbag to <laughs> exactly. get to so on that note, we'll start with this question from Tim. He says, Ben made the point that whatever Instagram changed, people pushed back on and then subsequently used it more. He seemed to use this as an indicator that people didn't know what they wanted, but that Meta got it right. I'd argue another point. Yes, Meta made it easier to discover new and unexplored content. But I'd say it's more like cigarette companies finding a more efficient way to get a higher dose of nicotine to you. Let me use my own example, Tim says. I got off of Facebook and Instagram because I suddenly noticed that I was losing a lot of time every day on cooking and do-it-yourself videos. They didn't add anything to my day. They didn't add anything to the experience of my social network. They stole time I didn't want to give to them. Yes, they did it more efficiently, but at what cost? Ben, I have some thoughts here, but what do you, what's your initial reaction? <laughs> How much do I want to dive in the water here? <laughs> Facebook and Instagram didn't take anything. Like, sorry, Tim, you were the one that was choosing to watch those videos. Now, I'm sympathetic to the argument that they make it super fun and, and you can lose it, sit down like, holy crap, I just spent an hour on Reels or TikTok or whatever it might be. But I do push back on the ascribing of responsibility away from <laughs> individuals and two companies. And, and so I, I, and I, I know that's why he made the cigarette analogy. I think though, we're getting into pretty dodgy, dodgy territory when we're comparing like physiological effects of like nicotine addiction to, to the social media stuff. And, and, and again, of course, they're incentivizing working to be on there longer and show you more ads and all that stuff is true, but it's almost more of a, a philosophical point in, in some respect where I just don't think you're going to have a well-functioning society in the long run if we think it's sort of companies' jobs and regulators' jobs to control to what extent and how people spend their time. Yeah. That's totally fair. And I, I think I agree with you in the grand scheme of things in terms of like assigning responsibility to companies more than individuals. I will say there were there. Well, actually, I'm learning how to be a tech journalist here. I'm not going to try to be a neurosurgeon, but I think there are probably some physiological effects associated yeah, with yeah, social no, media. use, enough. And that's part of what makes this stuff so addictive. Um, no, for sure. Especially you get likes or something that's enjoyable. You get that dopamine kick. Like, I, I, I get it. And again, maybe you say, oh, you sound like a cigarette advocate in the 50s. I, like, that's possible. I'm just very hesitant about the idea of this is a role for government to fix or, 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 or companies or, or, or along those lines. And, you know, 
I acknowledge there may be an aspect of that's fine for Ben. Like I, if I feel like I'm using reels too much, I just don't use reels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe <laughs> I'm the wrong, I'm the wrong, you know, I'm a robot and, and, and the wrong person, the wrong person to ask about this. But I, re- so let's put it this way. I recognize the concerns that are here. I just think any solution that would actually address these concerns is going to be much more problematic and have even worse secondary effects. And, and so I kind of push back on the premise a bit. Well, and that I totally agree with. I don't think that there should be regulation controlling Facebook and Instagram and, and what they can and can't do in this particular department. My reaction to Tim's question was a little different because I look at it as, as, they jeopardized their long-term relationship with him because he felt like the products weren't useful. Yep. And and so the way he, whether it was Instagram or Facebook's fault or not, he personally was like, I'm sick of using this stuff. And his formerly positive relationship with both of those platforms, presumably, um, changed as a result of the way they were capturing his attention on meaningless bullshit (laughs) so it's a really great point and this is probably why facebook pulled back on the recommendation stuff is they were they had too many people like tim who were like yeah this isn't what i wanted i'm gonna stop using it i mean an example i from my personal point is i you know i'm very scarce with notifications i will have notification like maybe like dms only for example or or only stuff that's like really directly relevant i turn off all the mentions all the sort of stuff and Facebook at some point, the Facebook app, like they, the notifications started getting out of control. Oh, something else happened. Despite the fact I thought I had the preferences mostly all turned off. And what happened was I just turned off notifications completely. I never get a notification from Facebook. Mm -hmm. And the long term outcome is I use it much less. I like only when I'm super bored and I'm bored (laughs) of real, like maybe I'll venture over to see what's happening in Facebook. That was a great example where their push for engagement actually killed it in the long run and i think that's an encouraging factor yeah. right the the payoff of the degree to which we do value personal choices and responsibility and maybe you know this should be surfaced more obviously and apple has done this to apple's credit like you could turn off notifications for an app right in the lock screen like that's an option now You're like this app is driving me up the wall i'm just turning it off completely and guess what that's like way worse than showing you one more video or, or, you know, showing you one more ad that. So I think that like your analogy and example is, is sort of encouraging in this regard. All right. And that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive every episode of this show, you can do so by subscribing to Stratechery plus that'll give you access to every sharp tech episode, all of our sharp China episodes, the dithering podcast with Ben and John Gruber daily analysis of the tech business from Ben, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come. If you'd like to become a subscriber, click the link in your show notes to get access to the entire Stratechery universe.